Hey, welcome into A to Z Sports powered by BetMGM. I'm Austin Stanley. He's Zach Bingham. Make sure you follow us all over social media. Uh, we are Nashville's on-demand sports talk network, and we go live every weekday morning at 8 Central Time, live on Facebook, YouTube, uh, Twitter, and Twitch. Also hit us up on Instagram and TikTok. Uh, let's thank our sponsors before we officially get going because they make everything happen for us and they help out you guys. Renters Warehouse Nashville and RentersWarehouse.com, the professional landlords in the Nashville area. Mandu, the Pulse of Fitness, one 15-minute workout equals five-plus hours in the weight room. Mandu.com, your first workout is free. Wilson County Hyundai, head to Lebanon to see what Wilson County Hyundai has to offer. Check them out at wilsoncountyhyundai.com and the Bone and Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. We were live from Bone and Joint yesterday, Jack and I were, and the Titans are pretty banged up, so they could definitely uh, use some extra love and care. Uh, But Zach, as you've missed uh, the reaction to the Jets game, I know you and I talked Friday afternoon off the air, just having a a post-meeting conversation about how we both, felt like this game was going to be weird for the Titans and we were both right, unfortunately. So I'll uh, toss it to you and let you uh, just kind of unleash and unload. Did you predict that? I wasn't there on Sunday. Uh, no, I, I did predict the Titans to win by a touchdown. I said it was going to be a touchdown game. Uh, I did say throughout the day, several uh, times on the show. I would have picked the Jets to win. Really? I, well, yeah, uh, and I say that because we had that conversation. Yeah, but I, I did say throughout the morning and throughout that game of how it smelled really funny to me. That game just smelled weird. So I'll let you uh, uh, go ahead and unleash and unload on your opinions on what happened on Sunday in the Meadowlands. Well, I, I think three things. Well, I could, I'll, I'll say four things. And it starts, it starts with A.J. Brown and Julio Jones being out. We obviously, that impacted the game because on a slant route, Julio and AJ can get you extra yardage, right? They become a problem in open space. And the wide receivers that the Titans were dealing with, they can't do that. They physically, they don't have the skill set. And so that impacted the game. I I don't think that that changed the outcome completely. But I think the three things that I look at, we'll talk about the defensive mishaps later Mm -hmm. on in the show as we kind of dive into that lead. And I, I thought it was a great job by Luke Worsham. You know, he's our Titans reporter as, as well as Buck, and they do a very good job of reporting and diagnosing the problems. They're doing their job. And Luke picked out a problem that nobody was talking about, and I think that impacted the game. But here are kind of the main two. The offensive line play is a disaster. Lawan is not 100%. I, I don't know what percentage he is, but he's not playing up to the standard of him or anybody else or the contract that he is owed. So that is a massive problem. The fill-in guys, Ben Jones is banged the F up. Now, I'll get to that whole fiasco at the end of the game here in a second, but the offensive line, when you don't have receivers because they're out due to injury, you have got to play at such a higher level to help your quarterback. And instead, they played at either the same or a lower level And we saw how quick they got to Tannehill so many times and put his ass on the, on his back. And they're lucky that 17 is still healthy and he didn't get hurt in that game because that is the type of game where you're so frustrated because you're not, you're you're not supposed to lose to the jets, No, but then all of a sudden you're playing so bad and 
it goes from bad to worse. They're lucky it didn't go from bad to worse and Tannehill didn't get hurt. So the offensive line is a massive problem. And unfortunately, I don't think that it looks to be fixable here in the next two weeks. No, you know? David Questenberry gave up eight pressures to one guy <laughs> in one game. I mean, David Questenberry uh, was not good. That's the first time that he's really been exposed as the Titans' right tackle at the time. But again, like I, you're right. I don't know how they fix it because they can't just go sign somebody off the streets. And John that- who ain't walking through that door to help to help chip. Well, and Jeff Swain, who's trying to chip, is not any good either. Like, Jeff Swain missed a lot of training camp, and it's showing because he does not look uh, as sturdy in his uh, and holding his footing in his ground that he has in the past. So, I, I think that's kind of my main thing, takeaway from the game. My yeah. second thing goes to the interior of the actual game. So, in overtime, no, look. You fought like hell to get back into the game. You're down by seven. The Jets are a bad team. They told you that, right? They couldn't convert. Zach Wilson missed a wide-open third-down play to Corey Davis. That would have sealed the game, right? They got lucky because they were playing a bad Jets team. So they take that luck. They take advantage of it. They drive down. Tannehill, great drive, gets the touchdown, ties the game. They go into overtime defensively. They couldn't stop the Jets. The Jets go down there. And they stop them on third down, right, to force the field goal to give them life. But with four-plus minutes left to go when you receive the ball, the problem with the Titans' overall structure of their team, playing from behind does not benefit them because you have to throw the football to get back into the game, and that eliminates the best player on the field and you could argue uh, top five player in the league, right, in Mm -hmm. Derrick Henry. So they drive down. I liked the chance that that Ryan Tannehill took down the seam to Ferkser. That would have, I think, won them the game because yep. it would have put them within the 10 and they could have now taken some serious shots at the end zone to win the game. And I think Vrabel is an aggressive coach that goes for the win and gets out of there. Ferk dropped the ball. He dropped the ball. You got to catch that damn ball. That's your job. Doesn't matter if you've been hurt. Anthony Ferkser, you were re-signed, and they put trust into Ferkser to replace the tight end position and maintain, and he dropped it. So that was a bad play on Ferkser. Good throw by Tannehill. And then comes the big mishap, which is the coaching part of the delay of game. Your kicking has been trash for years, Vrabel. You know that. Everybody knows that. Help your kicker. Don't hurt your kicker. What did he do? Well, it was mismanaged. The offensive line couldn't get on the same page. Tannehill and Ben Jones, I believe, had returned at that point. And delay of game. You're backing your kicker, who you're already kind of questioning because of the consistency. You don't have Ryan Suckup. Ryan Suckup, whoo, what do you know? Did you watch Sunday night? Hell yeah, you did, because everybody did. Tom Brady and New England, you know who won that game? Ryan Suckup won the game. He had the game-winning field goal, if you really want to put it that way. The Titans don't have that luxury. So Bullock now has even harder and difficult of a chance to win the game or tie the game, essentially, to just get get it to a tie because of a a, a bad coaching, right? That's discipline. Mm -hmm. That's understanding the clock. 
and they hurt their team, they lose the football game. I, yeah. It, to be it, honest, they deserve to lose. So sure. when he missed the kick, I said, you know what? This is probably, I know this is going to be weird. Losing that game, they probably learned more than tying that game. Yeah, but tying that game, I wouldn't have flat out lost my money line parlay at BetMGM because I would have just gotten but nobody cares about you. <laughs> All right, so no, you're right. Like the the Ferkser drop on second down, followed by the delay game on third and five, like that ruined a lot. That was back because to third back. And like, ten? What do you like third and third 10, and you're five? Press. You have another. You have a legitimate opportunity to go win, actually win the game and convert to see if you can take a shot at the end zone before you have to make a decision. Well, your about, mindset changes, right? Yeah, like your mindset changes to what you're trying to do. You're now, I think, it, third and five. If you get three yards, I think you're okay. You spike. No, you spot. Well, I guess you got to run your kicker. No, out. I think that's that's the thing is that the. Because they, if they would have missed the third down conversion, regardless, then they have to kick the field goal. Because that's as as Mike Vrabel said yesterday, that was a situation they were in, um, and so th there's no avoiding that. It's what happened is the Ferkser drop on second and five, followed by the third and five delay game, and that led to an incomplete pass on third and ten. That's what screwed everything up. Is that the drop and the delay game right after that? That really made that that thing pretty tough. But, and through the four games, you call it like you see it. Anthony Ferkser has been a disappointment for his role of what he was paid and and well, he wasn't paid very much. Trusted, he to wasn't do. paid very much. So well, let's just say that he wasn't paid. He was paid like less than two million bucks. It's not like he's being paid a lot. But has he been a disappointment? Yes, but just he has not been paid a lot. He, I didn't say a lot. You said okay. a lot. You said for what he's been paid, making it sound like he got he hadn't paid. Been, well, he hadn't been doing $2 million worth of work. Yeah. I'm just... I'm, you said I, a lot. Well, I didn't say a lot. You, you put words the, in my mouth. Okay. I didn't say those words. The, the way you said it, it sounded like you were talking about him getting a big payday as a free agent. Which I never not said payday. I don't know what that's, the hell you that's, that. Zach, that's the way it came across. That's the way you interpreted it. I just okay. said paid. He's not worth I, $2 million. And he's playing. You know what he's playing like? He's playing like a guy who worked like hell to make the team a few years ago and now got vaulted into a role that he's not ready for. Yes. Uh, and Bobby, thank you. That's what Zach implied by what you said. Uh, so anyway, uh, so I, uh, I agreed. I agreed. Uh, with everything you just said. Um, so that's, you know, there's no bones about or anything about all the things you just talked about. So now let's get into this topic about Mike Vrabel admitting to a defensive red flag uh, yesterday in his press conference. But real quick, let me tell everybody about our friends at Renters Warehouse. Renterswarehouse.com, they're the professional landlords in the Nashville area. Simply head to Renterswarehouse.com to find out how much your home can rent for or the other Plenty of things that Renters Warehouse can do for you. Rent Estate is a great way for long-term equity, for mailbox money that you get every month, and a great way to get your retirement plan off the ground and going. Renters Warehouse can help you out uh, with that long-term investment. Selling your house one-time transaction, that might be for you, but it might not be. Use Think about your other options and just check out RentersWarehouse.com. It is eSports, BetMGM. That is our title sponsor. You can see it right there in the middle of the screen. Use promo code ATOZ Sports. They are the king of sports books. 
this year is great because the risk-free bet is up to $1,000 for new users. If you haven't signed up, download the app today and use the promo code ATOZ Sports. All right, so we want to know if the Titans will ever fix uh, this problem that's been going on now uh, for two seasons at least, uh, and that is the fact that they play off the line of scrimmage on third down where their cornerbacks and other DBs are playing behind the line of scrimmage. And I got to give a lot of credit uh, to Luke Warsham because Luke Warsham uh, said and quoted Mike Vrabel from a couple weeks ago that they don't teach, they don't coach playing behind the line, behind the first down marker on third down. Uh, and Luke followed up uh, with Mike Vrabel yesterday. And I thought a really good line of questioning uh, from Luke here is how it went. Jets had a, a third and three in overtime from the 21. They were sp- spread out. Looked like you guys were running man. A couple of corners were at least six, eight yards off the ball on third and three. Is that something that is a problem? No, I don't know. You, you know, man, I, that, that was an, I appreciate the question. I saw your Twitter. Um, and I know you're going to take my quote like, yeah, we were wrong. Like, we should have been pressed and haloed. And, you know, I get all that. You know, we've done pretty well on third down. And, you know, you guys talk to me almost every day. You take what I say, and you guys can do whatever you want with it. We're going to go in there and coach it at 1230. Uh, you know, Christian Fulton needs to be up and pressed. And, you know, it's third and 10, and, and Rabbit needs not be 15 yards off. We're going to tell him that as soon as I meet with him. So there's Mike Vrabel's response. I'm just going to put up on the screen. I think that's Zach's first time hearing that. Uh, but uh, here is the play that Luke was referencing. This is third and three in overtime at the 20-yard line. And you see Jack Rabbit at the bottom of your screen, eight yards off. You see Fulton in the slot uh, playing significantly off the ball as well. And the top defender uh, d- uh, two yards behind the sticks uh, as well. So that's that's the play that Luke was referencing. And Luke put out there on Twitter three other plays outside of this one where Titans defenders were significantly behind uh, the first down yard line uh, on third down. So, Zach, I-, I have several things to take from Mike Vrabel's handling of that question. Uh, but first, I want you to react to uh, what happened there with Luke and Vrabel. Well, I thought Vrabel handled it very well. Yeah. I-, I will say that. You right? think, you, you, seriously? Okay, you're, you're joking, right? Uh, no, I, I think no. I thought that Mike Vrabel handled the question very well. He didn't get defensive. Usually okay. in those modes, I think Vrabel chews Luke off and and finds something wrong with his question. I think Luke did a great job, obviously, of following up a problem. Right? This is yeah. a consistent problem on defense. And I want to take a, a second before because I, I want to hear your reaction, Austin. Yes. All these people, and I I see the chat when I first jumped in here because I've been gone for a week. Hey, Zach, what are you going to do about Corey Davis? I I, 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 I want to let you talk about Corey Davis. Let me speak. Let me speak. Let me speak. Don't interrupt me. Don't interrupt me. I I literally prefaced I was going to say something. Don't interrupt me. All these yahoos sitting here, yeah, Corey Davis, yeah, Corey Davis. One of the reasons why Corey Davis had the day that he did, and if you've watched the Jets, in which I have the previous three games prior to the Titans, Corey Davis has had two drops that caused Zach Wilson to have two interceptions. So don't sit there and play like Corey Davis has just had an unbelievable season. One of the reasons why he had a good game is because of this problem. I I referenced the, the overtime or really the fourth quarter where 
Corey Davis should have ended the game, but he couldn't because his quarterback is a rookie and he can't throw the football. The reason why Corey Davis was so open was because of this problem. They give them third down out routes. Now, is that a philosophy because Zach Wilson's a rookie and probably one of the hardest balls to throw as a in the NFL is an out route? Is <laughs> because you got to have the arm strength and the accuracy to get them there all the way across the field. But this is a problem. And one of the reasons why Corey Davis had such a good game mm-hmm. against the, the Titans, it is. And so it's a defensive problem. It's not how stellar Corey Davis is or the fact that he still remains a bust as number five overall NFL draft pick. He hasn't proven that that is not true. It's the fact that the Tennessee Titans have defensive problems. They have issues that Luke honestly revealed weeks ago and hasn't, they haven't been changed. Yeah. Yeah, and so I, I want to play this video again of Luke and Mike Vrabel going back and forth because, Zach, you said you thought Vrabel handled it well, where I think Vrabel did not. I think there was a lot of sarcasm in his tone in how he was handling Luke's question. Uh, so here, once again, is uh, the back and forth between Vrabel and Luke yesterday. That's had a, a third and three in overtime from the 21. They were sp- spread out. looked like you guys were running man couple of corners were at least six eight yards off the ball on third and three is that something that is a problem no i don't know you, you know man I, that, that was an, i appreciate the question i saw your twitter um and i know you're going to take my quote like yeah we were wrong like we should have been pressed and haloed and you know i get all that you know we've done pretty well on third down and you know you guys talk to me almost every day you take what i say and you guys can do whatever you want with it we're going to go in there and coach it at 1230. Uh, you know, Christian Fulton needs to be up and pressed. And, you know, it's third and 10. And, and Rabbit needs not be 15 yards off. We're going to tell him that as soon as I meet with him. So uh, several things with that, Zach. So one, uh, Mike Vrabel. Um, hey, Mike Vrabel typically pushes back on the media when they ask general questions without specific examples. And he's done that with Luke before. So what did Luke do? came to Mike Vrabel with a specific example and asked a very valid question of an issue with the Titans defense, not just this year, but going back over the last couple of seasons. So then Mike Vrabel says, look, you guys are going to take my words and use them however you want. So now Mike Vrabel is trying to say and to give an excuse that he talks to the media almost every day and that his words don't mean anything. When Mike Vrabel says two weeks ago, nearly verbatim that they don't coach or teach their players to play behind the first down marker on third down. And then a reporter follows up and says, you said this two weeks ago. Why is it continuing to happen? Because that's a good question because there's clearly a disconnect between the coaches and what they say they're coaching and the players executing or not executing on the field. And there's a sarcastic tone with it as well. No, no, I, so I think Vrabel handled it well because he said that they were going to go back and he literally said, I'm going to go tell these players to continue to correct it. Now, Vrabel can only do so much. He doesn't play, right? He can coach and it is their, the, the player's job is to listen. Now, we all know as we run a company, not everybody listens. And I pull my hair out when people don't listen, right? 
Mike Vrabel is probably the same way. The other thing, as you know, Austin, Vrabel tried to tell his best story. And his best story is they have improved on third down. They've gone from dead last in the league to 13th in the league. Now, against the Jets, you can't give up third and three because you cut Jonathan Joseph. I think I would say 60%, 40% was because of his age. 60% was because he played 12 yards off the ball, but he played 12 yards off the ball because he was so old, right? So, like, they they know that this is a problem. I'm curious to see, is Vrabel teaching them and they are not doing it? Or, or they, is, is Vrabel in the defense just letting it go and not making it emphasized? Yeah, right. And again, I don't have the video of this because Luke followed up several minutes later and asked about, you know, he, Luke was fair about it. And I think Vrabel appreciated the fairness because Luke followed up with. And Luke didn't take oh, a victory on, lap on Twitter on, or anything either. On, uh, but Luke Luke followed up by asking Vrabel about when there is, are bunch coverages. How do you want them to, how do you want the defensive backs to play not bunch formations, not coverages. When there are a bunch of uh, formations with wide receivers, how do you want your DBs to play layering in depth so they don't get picked? So Luke asked that question as a follow-up, which is doing a good job as a reporter in being fair, asking hard questions, and trying to hold the coach and the players and the team uh, responsible and accountable for something they said they, they would not do two weeks ago that they did, and it burned them in a loss. Look, the, the Titans allowed the Jets to pick up that third and three. It actually ended up in a short yard uh, catch from Jamison Crowder on the bottom of the screen there. And then a couple of yards after the catch, got it to a first and goal situation. Uh, uh, inevitably, a great play by Danico Autry stopped that from becoming a touchdown uh, on third and goal from the one. Uh, but again, the overall problem is that the Titans are giving their opponents free yards on third downs. And a lot of times those free yards are enough to convert the first down that keeps them off the field. Yes, they have been better on third down, but they're making it so easy on quarterbacks, especially a rookie quarterback who not only had a career day, but Zach Wilson had the best statistical game of any of the rookie quarterbacks so far this season. And of course, the Titans defense, it was the one that allowed them to do it. Yeah, and that's been a problem. And you know what? They they got to fix it because they got to fix it by week six and week seven because Josh Allen with Stephon Diggs and Patrick Mahomes with Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill will eat your dinner on Monday night and your lunch on Sunday afternoon. So they're not going to make that out route. The game's over. And I, I always go back to that. The game is over if Zach Wilson can make the throw. And the reason why is because he was wide open because of this problem. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and again, I know we keep complimenting Luke, but we need to keep complimenting Luke because he is bringing up, we talked mm. about the, and, and I think we've covered the three main things, uh, the four, right? We started with. Yeah. AJ Julio out, you knew that, you can't do anything about it. But the defense that we're talking about now the delay of game which really hurt them and the offensive line they can't block a glass of water those four things got the titans to two and two when they should be three and one 
Right. So let's go ahead and ask you guys this question. Uh, will the Titans fix this problem that's been going on for two years? Will the Titans ever fix their off-coverage problem that has now been going on uh, for two years? So I want to go ahead and, and get this. Because, and I'll, the last thing I'll say to involve Luke, uh, Will Compton quote tweeted Luke uh, on Sunday after Luke said that he trusted Vrabel to not lose this game to a lesser talented team. Will Compton quote tweeted Luke and said, Luke, grow a sack. Well, Luke has a sack, and he steps up to Mike Vrabel face-to-face and asks questions like that. Uh, well, what, so, is, what does that mean? Uh, for Will Compton? That he was in his feelings after his best friend lost a game to somebody that he shouldn't have? That's what it means. Oh, so he's butthurt. Yes, yeah. And everybody in the replies uh, to Compton's tweet uh, told him to get over it. <laughs> and, and that uh, Luke brings it, he brings that to Mike Vrabel every week uh, as a young reporter in this league who doesn't back down to a macho, macho man, Mike Vrabel. Yeah, and look, you talk about bias. Grow a sack when your your boy in the bus right. has a bad game, right? Instead of just saying, I, I mean, I, I understand the friendship, so I, I, I I'm not like going all in on that because I I get it. You support your friend. I get it. But don't get on Twitter and start chirping because and you, yeah, I mean, what are you talking about? He, he grew one and maybe and maybe used Luke, it used it on Monday. <laughs> I was gonna say maybe uh, Luke could borrow a sack from the Titans' offensive line moving forward, <laughs> or the offensive line should stop giving them up. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, that, hey, very good point. I, I think. It's a good question. Will it change? Because two years, it really hasn't. No, it hasn't. So so will they ever fix it? And uh, I'm seeing some comments here. John Michael Preston says, as long as uh, Shane Bowen is on the staff, it will always be a problem. Brent says, not until Bowen is fired. Vrabel seems too stubborn to see that Bowen is a problem. And honestly, man, I don't know if Shane Bowen is the problem. You know, like Mike Vrabel was a defensive coordinator for one year with the Texans and they had a 32nd defense in total, total defense in the league. And I get it. That was the year that everybody got hurt on the Texans defense. But ever since Dean Pease left, this Titans defense has been very bad. Yes, they are improved from a year ago this year, but they're still not any good. And I don't, and, and Vrabel was the problem why it was so bad last year because he didn't allow Shane Bowen to do his job. Well, we said this, Austin. The The coaches in the offseason subtly said it's not the coaches, it's the players. They went out and got new players, and we're finding out if the new players can play good football on defense. And so far, not. Not very. Well, and, and then you better, get to the point. You get to the better point, from you know, bad is not, like, great. <laughs> no, I, I'm with you. But you get to the point where if the coaches are coaching set of, play, a, set of players A, right? The coaches coach them. Set of players A are not good. So they bring in set of players B. Same coaches are coaching set of players B who aren't very good. Maybe it's the coaches who are coaching different sets of players who are the issue. Well, and then in the offseason, it's see you later. That's what happens. I mean, that's that, that is the revolving door of the NFL. So if A and B don't work, see your ass later on another team or another staff. Yes, and so uh, so what do you think? Will the Titans fix this problem? Because they're just going to play better wide receivers and better quarterbacks moving forward. And they have played. Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, and Zach Wilson are three quarterbacks who are difficult to sack because of their athletic ability. Now, the ridiculous part is that Zach Wilson was the most sacked quarterback in the NFL going into that Titans game, and the Titans only got him once. So 
they're just going to play Trevor Lawrence, who's been sacked a lot, but Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes, uh, and Matt Stafford over the next month. And they've got, as well as Carson Wentz again, they're going to have to start getting uh, to these quarterbacks and, and doing something to help out their DVs. Well, who's been missing the last two weeks? Bud Dupree. And that impacts this team, right? They're back to where they were at the end of last season without, and like it or not, Vic Beasley and Jadeveon Clowney, they paid a lot of money to, to at least be on the field, create some sort of distraction or game plan against, right? When Jadeveon Clowney's on the field, you have to game plan against him. But, and Bud Dupree's the same way. They don't have to do that because Bud Dupree is not healthy. Well, here's so, here's what here's what happened against the Jets because Harold Landry played a fantastic game. He did, but guess who? There was nobody else opposite of Harold Landry. That's so as point. as soon as Harold Landry would beat his guy, Zach Wilson, who's a good athlete, is able to say, "Oh crap, there's 58. Let me just move this direction because nobody else is over here." Why Ryan Tannehill can't move around in the pocket is because it's coming from every direction. So when David Questenberry gets beat, Ryan Tannehill sees it coming in his face and he might shift up, but then Nate Davis didn't block a soul and then he gets smacked in the face. Or do they roll Tannehill out so much to give him space to make a decision because he can't make decisions in the pocket with his legs. And they couldn't do that against the Jets because they could not, the pocket was difficult to be moved because of how the Jets were defending it. Well, I don't uh, no, they're not going to fix this problem like 100%. They're, uh, the, uh, well, I'll say this. I don't think it's going to help like fix the problem, but it could help the, the problem. If, if Caleb Farley comes along like a first-round pick and later in the season gives them a boost defensively because of his tenacity and his aggressive play, Caleb Farley, from everything we've seen, like his attitude is, I don't want to play eight yards off the ball. I want to use my athleticism and my skill set to jam you, put throw you off your route, and stay with you. So I will say that there, the I'm not putting, I'm and putting pressure on him, but that could help. Yeah, I do think you're right because that's the style that Caleb Farley plays. Um, you know, I don't know if that's something that he'll do, um, out of the gates, out of the gates just because he's, because guess who did that out of the gates and got smoked? <laughs> uh, Elijah Molden, <laughs> Elijah Molden did that week one, his first NFL game and got torched by Christian Kirk. Uh, and we have not seen Elijah Molden really play that much, uh, since then, because he's given up a couple touchdowns. Uh, overall. So I, I think you're right about Caleb Farley. And I think from what we've seen from Christian Fulton, the first four games of the season, I think Christian Fulton has shown the willingness to play aggressive. I think the problem here, and I'll show this uh, again, Christian Fulton is, is playing in the slot uh, there uh, on the, on the 14-yard line. Jack Rabbit Jenkins is playing on the 12 uh, outside. So they need to each scoot up about three yards. They have to have that two yards of difference because of how the Jets receivers are stacked there. I want to say that's uh, that might be Jayon Brown at the top of the screen on a running back. And then you see Breon Borders 
up in Corey Davis's face uh, on the on the 19-yard line. Like that's that's legit there from Breon Borders, and we saw we saw him do that uh, throughout training camp. But Fulton and Jenkins need to scoot up about three yards apiece uh, to get close to get really. Uh, Fulton needs to have his heels on that first down. Well, the one. other problem with this is look at Jackrabbit. Look how far he is. Yeah. What do you think Jackrabbit's first move is? Backwards. It's not forwards. Because yeah. I just pulled this I, I, Zach. right, and then, so now you're not eight yards. You're probably closer to ten. Here's here's this. Here's when this the ball snap. He's going backwards. He's yeah, not he, going up. Here's this screenshot that Luke pulled yesterday on Twitter as well. Look at Jackrabbit here. This is third and six. That, that it confirms my point. Bottom Ooh. of the screen. This isn't just the first move is backwards. This is the first move is turning your hips and running towards the goal line. Fast. On third and six. So look, it, like where's the ball? Like the ball, like we can't even see the ball appear from behind the center's ass yet. Like, and Jackrabbit is in full bail mode. Like Zach Wilson as like the, we can't even see the shotgun snap yet. That's how early in this down Jackrabbit bailed the hell out of there on third and six. He's already sprinting behind the first down marker. And it, it like that is the problem here. It's like, why is he in such a hurry to get out of there on third and six? Like I like that might be a, a cover three where somebody else is is a uh is is uh, responsible for that underneath zone, but it's third and six. And why are you bailing out to cover grass? I listened to Blaine Bishop yesterday uh, on Blaine and Mickey, and he always said that coaches told him, if you're playing zone, your job is to not cover grass. Your job is to cover somebody in the grass that you're responsible for. <laughs> and so Jackrabbit is sprinting back to simply cover grass for no freaking reason. On third and six like this, it's really it's really bad. Yeah, well, and I think, as we've said, Luke exposed something a week ago, week two weeks ago, and now it's still being exposed. We'll, the deadline is week six and seven. It will justify your playoff positioning. That's it. Home, home, Bills, Chiefs, Monday night, Sunday afternoon. That's it. Yeah, yeah, six, and like. You know when the hardest part of your schedule is. It, it's not the Rams that are an NFC team. That's not it. It's your AFC opponents that are vying for a chance to win the Super Bowl. This is the structure of the National Football League. So you better get fixed by six or seven, or you're going to be in a bad spot. And the Colts, I don't know if you watched the Dolphins. I know they played against Jacoby Brissett, but they're looking better. And Carson Wentz didn't get hurt, so he is getting better. Every week that he survives is six days to get healthier and those ankles to heal. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the last thing I'll say on, on uh, Janoris Jackrabbit Jenkins, if you're, I've said this before, if you're going to force everybody in the organization and that covers the team to call you by Jackrabbit, you got to step up and play. Like, if you're going to do that, you got to play well. Like, if you're going to give yourself your own nickname and make everybody call you, call, call you by it, you have to play well and not play this poorly. And I'll give the love of the show to Ryan William because I think this is how a lot of Titans fans are feeling right now. And he says the Titans are in big trouble. 
And I, I feel that way because of a couple of things. <clears throat> health is health. Injuries happen in the NFL. AJ and Julio, we don't know. Defensively, they're suspect. And their offensive line can't block for their quarterback to even make plays. And if you get down, Derrick Henry is obsolete. The man can only do so much. So, and I'll tell you, this is the last thing I'll say before we move on. Watching that game without Julio and AJ, it made me think about, now I know Derrick Henry was there as a kind of a saving grace, yeah. but it made me think about like the 2013, 2014, 2015 Titans when they had nobody to help. Their wide receivers were so bad that they they couldn't be used, right? Like, they were just bad. When Tajay Sharp was your guy, that's kind of what it felt like using all these backups. And you can't win football games without premier players. And the Titans, their wide receiving core, not premier. Not premier. No, and uh, Zach, you've been out. Um, Do you know... How many touches Derrick Henry is on pace to have this season? Oh, shoot. Um, I, I don't. I know. I did see this. The only thing I do know, and this is unbelievable, it just solidifies him being the best running back in the league. He has more yards after contact this year than the second running back has yards. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't exactly. know. Zach, wow. Derrick Henry is on pace for 539 touches this season. The, the The NFL record for most touches in a season is 492. Uh, yeah, 492. That's not an extra seven. The, the 17th game isn't breaking the record. He's on pace to break that record without the 17th game, and he has the 17th game. At, at that rate, he won't make it there. That's what I've been saying all last week. And they, once again, they had to give the ball to Derrick Henry 35 times to try to win a game, and they lost. Uh, and I think it was Dom earlier in the show, uh, or maybe it was Donald, I forget, said that, that Sunday versus the Jets was only the second time the Titans have lost in a game where Derrick Henry ran for over 100 yards. Well, and the problem is they lost the coin toss. If they won that coin toss, I think Derrick Henry wins the game. Yeah, but he still had a chance. Like, they still had a chance to. Like, but four minutes, you can't use Derrick Henry like you want to, right? They could have. They just got in uh, second and 14 and then third and 20. And then they got in second and 16 and third and 11. (laughs) And that was the the other issue that that rears its ugly head. You can do that against the Jets. You can get to third and 21 and have McNichols make a play at the beginning of the game on a screen pass and third and. You can't do that against the Bills and the Chiefs. You can't do it. You, you're going to punt. You will punt. Yeah. The Jets, you're going to make it because they're not a good team. So you got to get it fixed. Yep. Uh, Mark says, always call heads in a coin toss. Well, I'm sorry, Mark, uh, but Kevin Byard is in charge of all the Titans coin tosses this year. And he's on the record. He always calls tails. <laughs> so... Uh, and he called tails, uh, but I will say Kevin Byard started the season three and zero in coin tosses. Uh, he lost that one, uh, but that's that's to you know. Uh, tap. We we have a uh, a love of the show that I give out. Yeah, uh, I don't want to like kill the guy, but it is a dumb comment. 
Okay. I'll give the dumb comment of the day. We don't do this every day, and I don't really want it to be a thing. But I, I and I would say that it would be sarcastic. But Keelan with the quote, "Go get Richard Matthews." Then this is quote. this is definitely a uh, a sarcastic <laughs> comment. Yes. Again, we need a sarcasm font just so we can like clear these things up. Oh, sarcasm is in uh, italic. So italicize your sarcasm. I don't know so, if they I don't know if they can uh, go italics in the comments or not. But, uh, yeah, they, maybe they can use like Cam Newton's secret font for sarcasm. I don't, that, I don't know. There you go. That That's it. Because you got to work for your sarcasm here. So yeah. you got to go press down your button, go to like double I over you. Oh, God. <laughs> All right, so now let's like, make go get just engaged, bro. <laughs> Doyle Green Beckham. I don't know what DGB's doing. Probably playing video games. Where's Damian Williams? Oh man. All right. So, yeah, and thank you, Rob. We uh, the Titans do not need Golden Tate. If I get one more person that tweets me about how the Titans need to go sign Golden Tate, I'm going to have an aneurysm. They need Julio Jones and AJ Brown to get healthy. Yes, they do. All right, so let's get to this, Zach, because uh, we didn't talk much about Urban Meyer yesterday because we were reacting to the jets game but what uh, does uh, oh uh second love of the show because jordan is absolutely right matthews would hate vrabel <laughs> well they do that he quit on vrabel vrabel was the head coach <laughs> richard matthews quit under mike vrabel in vrabel's first year uh, after miami you're right well, yeah yeah, he quit. I feel like he's been gone for so long. He quit uh, before the week four game going into the Eagles. Yeah, he quit after Jacksonville. Which was the Thursday night game. He just quit that following week. Yeah, so anyway. All right, so now we can make fun of Urban Meyer. Uh, what Urban Meyer's weekend scandal and apology says about him and the Jags. But first, I tell everybody about Wilson County Hyundai. Yeah, Wilson County Hyundai is where you need to go to get your next ride They've got you hooked up, whether it's the Sonata. I own a Sonata. I love my Sonata. Whether it is the Elantra, whether it is the Palisade. You got to love that Palisade, full-size SUV, third-row seating, all the bells and whistles. They've got the inventory for you. Go test drive one today. Quick trip down I-40, exit 236. That is WilsonCountyHyundai.com. Yep, and make sure you download that BetMGM app. They're the king of sportsbooks. Download the app. That's the BetMGM app. Use our promo code ATOZ Sports when you sign up. And with your first deposit, your first bet will be risk-free up to $1,000, which is a great way to jumpstart your bankroll this football season. So again, you download the app. Use code ATOZ Sports. You make your first deposit, and then that first bet is risk-free up to 1000 bucks. Simple as that. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. You must be 21 years or older. Must be present in Tennessee for gambling problem support. Call Tennessee Redline at 1-800-889-9789. Here talking about Urban Meyer uh, looking like a fool with his pants on the ground. Uh, Urban Meyer, really bad scandal over the weekend. We're not going to play that video because I think everybody's seen it. Urban Meyer seen on the dance floor at a bar in Columbus with a young female uh, grinding up on him. and That him was using not his it. wife. <laughs> yes, that was not his wife, not Shelly Meyer. That, that's the key. The key is that last line. That was not his wife. <laughs> yes. So uh, here is Urban Meyer's apology yesterday that is quite the minute 52 seconds. 
Yeah, I, uh, I just apologize to the team and staff and uh, for being a distraction, just stupid. Uh, and so I explained everything that happened and owned it and, you know, just stupid. Uh, should not have myself in that kind of position. Irvin, did you, did you fly back with the team or did you stay in? Um, no, I stayed to see the grandkids and we all went to dinner that night at the restaurant and then there's a big group next to our restaurant and they wanted me to come over and take pictures and I did. And, and they were trying to pull me out on the dance floor screwing around and I should have left. How did the team react? I mean, they're pretty, probably pretty young, uh, reactionary or, you know, how did they take it, your apology? Well, like? I've always been so defensive of them. You know, I remember when Trevor told me he was going to go to Vegas for his bachelor party. I mean, I was just, my gosh, man, be careful and surround yourself and because I've seen this happen and, uh, and I just, so the team, the team uh, I spoke to a bunch of leaders one-on-one, -on -one, spoke to all the players. Uh, they're good. They were focused on Tennessee and I apologized again for being a distraction. And uh, a coach should not be a distraction. What how, about your, how about your family? Did you also did you feel a need to apologize to your family? Yeah, yeah, of course I did. Yeah, that's not me, and that's. Uh, uh, oh yeah, they're upset. Have you talked to Shad Khan about it, and what was that conversation like? I did talk to Shad, and uh, um, very supportive. And uh, Trent, I talked to him obviously at length. Uh, right when I got that phone call that night, uh, the next, next night. This is after. Uh... That was tough. That was a tough scene for Herb right there. And really, there were a couple things that stood out to me of like, my gosh, Urban Meyer is exactly the sleaze bag that I thought he was. Uh, the first words that should have come out of his mouth is that he apologized to his family for embarrassing his family, not talking about the team or the players and the coaching staff, but he should have first come out and said, I apologize to my family, to my wife, to my daughters and how I've embarrassed them. Then you can move on to your team and staff who you said uh, was a distraction, right? And then taking your first overall pick quarterback, who is all we all know is a pretty good straight laced dude, and saying, My God, Trevor, be careful in Vegas, and just throwing him under the bus because nobody knew that Trevor Lawrence went out to Vegas on his bachelor party, which is totally fine. But nobody knew that or needed to know that that Urban just aired out there for his own sake. Just really, really, really cringeworthy from Urban Meyer. Well, I think I'll simply say this because, uh, you know, as you get older in life, you have more responsibility, right? You're not kicking the ball. You're holding the ball over your head, right? That That's just how it is. And when you're a coach, you're making a lot of money, you're in the spotlight, and now, and as a ton of people in the chat have said, everybody's got cell phones with video cameras on it you have even more of a responsibility to set an example for not only your team, but as you referenced your daughters, your family, like your children, if you have children, your employees, if you have a company, like they look up to you because you ask, when you ask somebody to do something because of the hierarchy of where you are, whether you're a parent or your boss, 
Like those words should mean something. And when you get into this situation, those words mean less. And now Urban Meyer is going to have to play catch up. And catch up with trust is never good. Now, unfortunately, like I'm when you screw me over, you're probably dead to me, right? If I play for Urban Meyer, now anything he says to me, I, I, I'm going to kind of take with a grain of salt because he has ruined the trust. He didn't set the right example. He's not doing the right things. So how are you going to get mad at me on the field or whatever and yell at my ass? And so I, this is a, I would say, this is a massive setback for the rebuild of the Jacksonville Jaguars because they'll find better players, but the players they have now, a lot of trust has been lost because you just have too many players on the roster, right? That can think for themselves and say, look, everybody questioned this guy in the first place of coaching in the NFL. Now, and we'll hear Marcus Spears of what he has to say, this is a big setback for the Jags because their fearless leader that was supposed to come in and save the franchise has been making a lot of mistakes of recent. Yeah, so uh, Zach, I think uh, you jumped the gun. We'll get to the Marcus Spears video in a second. I think you jumped the gun on the dumbest comment of the day because Larry says this, who gives a bleep? He's out having fun, was dancing, wasn't like he was sleeping with young girl. Can they not have life outside of football? What's wrong with these people in America? And then Larry follows up and says, just stupid. I guess everyone is so perfect. Larry, that like, and then... (laughs) Larry says, bullcrap. I bet the players were like, yeah, coach, get it. Larry, you are missing the entire point. Like, sex isn't the only form of cheating on your spouse. <laughs> like, it, You don't have to get to that for it to be considered cheating or a bad thing for you personally. So, Larry, you can get Larry, this Larry, because Larry, that's the Larry. dumbest thing I've heard. I, I don't usually tell this because we like to keep a good audience, but Larry... Go to Google and Google Urban Meyer alternate view. And you'll find the alternate camera angle of him rubbing his hand where, for lack of a better term, the sun don't shine to that young lady. You can't do that. It's not about getting it and having fun. Urban Meyer is a grown-ass man with a wife and kids. like And grandkids. Like this whole thing started because he went to dinner dinner with grandkids at his restaurant in Columbus. Like so, Larry, Larry, come on, man, take a deep breath and understand the actions. Now, I I, I will say this is kind of funny because we have both ends of the spectrum. We have Larry who's saying it's all good, go get yours, bro, and then we have Marcus Spears who is on the complete opposite end of Larry. Yes, here's what Marcus Spears said yesterday on ESPN. What's going over in the Jaguars locker room today? Not only the locker room, but Shaq Khan, you need to find your new head coach, bro. It's time for Urban Meyer to be dismissed and relieved of his duties. This is not the first distraction, right? This is not a visceral reaction to what Urban Meyer did, even though there needs to be one to that as well. He brought in a strength coach that had racist history. He brought in Tim Tebow to play tight end, which he never did in the NFL before. This is a pattern 
that we've seen go on since Urban Meyer has been the head coach in Jacksonville. And then this particular situation with a young quarterback, first yeah. pick, just married, 0-4, trying to win football games, and the coach is the exact wrong reason why they in the news. I played football nine years in the NFL. Every head coach I ever had said, don't be the guy to take focus off of what we're doing as a football team as we try to win games. It was a message that resonated throughout every locker room I've ever been in. Shad Khan, you on the clock, bro. Mm. It's time for you to find another head coach for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And it needs to start like right now, like today. Hey, that's pretty strong there from, from Marcus Spears. I mean, do you agree with it? I don't agree with the firing. Uh, I, I think that's uh, an ESPN extreme, as we call them, right? I think Marcus Spears, and he, he if he believes that, that's fine. I think that's too much. Uh, Urban Meyer should have everything that is currently being done to him happen to him, right? He's being criticized. He's all over the internet. His kids and his daughters and his wife are uh, taking the brunt of this. That should happen because how does that make Urban Meyer feel, right? They're 0-3, too. It's not like they're 3-0 and or they're 0-4, I guess. Yeah. Th they haven't won a game. So that, on top of things, makes it worse. I don't think he should be fired, uh, but I think he he deserves everything and all of the negative attention that he's currently receiving. <clears throat> and here's the big thing. There were a lot of people, there was a lot of doubt coming into this experiment because of what happened with Nick Saban, Right and John Calipari, and Rick Pitino, and all mm -hmm. these great college coaches, they go dip their hand in the professional leagues, and then they say, ah, it's, the water's too warm. I don't like it. I, I go back to college. The NFL is the hardest sport to be successful at. Why? Because you have to get grown men to play against other grown men at the highest form of competition. So there was a lot of doubt coming into this experiment, now there's even more doubt because yeah. he is messed up. And Marcus Spears said this correctly. All the things that have that has happened in the last few months, those aren't good. Those aren't positives, And those create more doubt. Yeah, I, like, I don't think this will be the thing that gets him fired, but it's the next notch on that like meter, right? It's if there's a hot seat fired meter, it moves up another rung because of, the strength coach fiasco, I, the Tim Tebow thing was a complete joke, but I don't think it was a it's a situation that adds another notch to that. But this maybe goes up one or two notches because it's just something that's irresponsible. And uh, I do think uh, uh, Dom has a good idea. He goes, I hate to say this, but if he wasn't Urban Meyer, he would be gone by now. He would be fired today. And like I don't completely disagree with Dom either because Urban Meyer – gets the benefit of the doubt, and because he's won national championships at multiple places and has had instant success wherever he goes. Instant Ugh. success at Bowling Green, at Utah, at Florida, at Ohio State, and not in Jacksonville. I, I, I don't I don't I think that's too much. I, I like I think I, there I, is if Zach Taylor if Zach Taylor did this of the Bengals, I don't think he's fired. Like I, I think that he's he's reprimanded 
It's a story on Barstool. It's a story on Twitter. But he's not fired, guys. I think we are correct in, in what you said, Austin, is this is another notch for when, look, people get fired. It's the NFL. Welcome to the industry. This makes it a a shorter leash when you go, I don't know, one and 16 or two and 15. And then next year you win four games. And then next year you win nine, but then the following year you win five. That's how you get fired. Urban Meyer will get three years because it, it was a, it was a terrible rebuild. Like they're number one overall pick. Like they were the worst team in the league. They were God awful. So the, you cannot jump the gun. You have to be patient, but Urban Meyer, maybe this is a blessing and maybe he doesn't mess up anymore because he's got to be on his P's and Q's. You know, sometimes it's like losing to the Jets. You wake the F up when you lose to the effing Jets. Don't you? You better. <laughs> and Larry, who uh, had some really dumb comments earlier, says, next time I'll watch the video before reacting. Sorry, my bad. Yeah, <laughs> I would uh, highly suggest knowing what you're talking about before you're talking about it. That would be like Austin and I just like saying completely things that we don't know. Yeah, like, I mean, I didn't watch... I, if I didn't watch the game against the Jets, <laughs> I just came in here and just started spouting off. We should fire ourselves if yes. that was the case. Yeah. Oh, but that's man. how we, we do a lot of prep work. We do a lot of preparation because this is our job, right? So I know, Larry, this is not your job, but uh, we will attack you when you say stupid things. Not you particularly, Larry, but anybody in the chat that says dumbass comments like you did. But All right, hey, Zach, Larry, Larry. There's always a, another rep tomorrow. So, well, hey, and I appreciate Larry could have just disappeared. Larry could have just gone silent and not said anything. But Larry, multiple times, was like, yeah, I didn't watch the video. That's my fault. So, nope. props to Larry for owning up on. Uh, just like Urban Meyer, he he owned up. Yeah, uh, for sure. <laughs> so. All right, guys. I mean, it was still bad regardless. But you have to, you got. Oh man. Anyway. All right. So let's go ahead and Zach and get to our sports trivia on Tuesday. Speaking of clean slate, we've got one. This is we're, we're zero zero with a brand new reset of our sports trivia. So very looking forward to this. Is that right? Or are we up seven three at this point? No, we. So last week I was out. The week before we got seven. Yeah. So we're seven and three. We're seven and three. Set. Okay. So so we have already reset. So we're seven and three. That's right. We're seven and three, so it's time for sports trivia. Uh, but real quick, let me tell you guys about the Bone and Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. Whenever that injury happens in life, make sure you know who to go to and you know who to trust. That's the folks at the Bone and Joint Institute. We were there yesterday. Great facility in Franklin. They streamlined the process of getting you back to health, boneandjointtn.org. Bet MGM, they are our title sponsor here on the morning show. Use that promo code ATOZ Sports. Man, I had a prop bet last night. Austin Eckler, great first half receiving yards, but not over 36 and a half. Ooh. So BetMGM got my money, but I'm back on the saddle this week, waiting for Thursday night football. Uh, we'll see what Russell Wilson it's a good, good Thursday night game. I know we're on Tuesday, but uh Russell Wilson and the Seahawks are at home hosting the Rams. That's gonna be a good game. So you can get on that action. BetMGM, download the app today.
All right, time for sports trivia on this Tuesday. Zach, you've got it. And uh, assist to Jerome says, don't forget to do the trivia animation, Austin. So there we go. Way to go, uh, J-Rome. Hey, shout out J-Rome. J-Rome literally saved me because I did forget about it until Jerome commented I that. didn't. I was going to do it regardless. Okay, well, there we go. All right, Zach, let's get it going with sports trivia. How many? We got 10 questions today. 10 questions and the theme of it NFL records, 20th century quiz. Oh, God. <laughs> NFL right. records, 20th century quiz. Ten questions. Now, again, this is a new type of trivia. We we literally went through about 1,500 questions <laughs> before. Yeah. Now we're on a new wave where we get ten questions. We won't know our, our grade until the very end when I push submit. Yep. And... It is what it is, right? No Googling. No Googling. All right. And so, and I will say like these trivia questions, I I don't, they're not like up to date October 5th, 2021. So I I think we'll have to do some maneuvering around that. But we start with this. Which of the following running backs was the first to reach 3,800 rushing attempts in a career? Emmett Smith. Barry Sanders, Walter Payton, or Eric Dickerson? I'll repeat the question. Which of the following running backs was the first to reach 3,800 rushing attempts in a career? Emmett Smith, Barry Sanders, Walter Payton, or Eric Dickerson? Hmm. It's a good question. It is. Because it's like Eric Dickerson would have been the first well, I guess Walter well, Payton or, or Eric Dickerson would be more apt to reach it first because they played prior to Emmett Smith and Barry Sanders. Right. So let's think about this too. So thirty eight hundred. Uh, that's you're, you're playing like 12, 14 years, right, to get to thirty eight hundred carries. Because simple math tells me ten years, you're not averaging three hundred eighty carries a season. So you're maybe playing fifth close to fifteen years. Did Dickerson and Walter Payton play long enough? I think Dickerson did because he's high up there on rushing yards. Well, so is Walter Payton. He was the number one. Yeah. So it was Emmett Smith. I felt like played the longest. We know Barry yeah, Sanders. Emmett didn't Smith play that played long. like twenty years. It felt like that's just a lot of carries. And and back in. Uh, and the, Dickerson, the, the, the caveat is first two. Yeah. So the the four are Dickerson, Walter Payton, Emmett Smith, and Barry Sanders. Correct. It's not Barry Sanders because he retired early. We know that. I I think it's got to be Emmett Smith because he just played so much longer. We want to do that. Now Titans Kyle says Payton and Smith. I know had thirty eight hundred attempts. I don't. I feel like it's Dickerson or Emmett. You want to go Emmett? <clears throat> yeah, I, I say Emmett. You want to lock it in? Hold on, no, I don't because I don't like first two. Also means that there have been others to do it, right? So Emmett, like who out? Who after Emmett Smith would have reached that carry number? Well, that doesn't matter. 
But and it's out of these is, four, who is the first to get to 3,800 rushing attempts? Right. But I, my point is, I think it might. I think I think it's Dickerson. I think it's Eric Dickerson. I've changed my answer. Why? Because I think Emmett Smith has done it, but I think Dickerson was the first two. I don't think anybody who's played after Emmett Smith has that number of carries. Maybe Frank Gore because he is still playing. Or Adrian like, Peterson. Maybe. But Adrian Peterson, like that's a has Adrian Peterson had he's been 15 years in the league, but he's hasn't had a bunch of carries for like the last five. I think it's you want to go Dickerson? I think it's Dickerson. Oh man, I think I think it I, I personally I haven't said a lot on this. I think it's Walter Payton. All right, then I, then, I don't know why. I but it's a gut. I don't know why. Then let's go with Walter Payton. But let's go with sweetness. All right, that's what my I'll take this if we get it wrong. I'll take the break. All right, Walter Payton, final A to Z on that one. Okay. Next, what another running back? Which running back gained the most yards in one season? Eric Dickerson, Earl Camber, or Earl Campbell? Excuse me, OJ Simpson or Marty Boyer? Well, that's Eric Dickerson. The most he rushing had more yards than in one OJ. Yeah, Eric Dickerson has 2105. That's the record. So that makes me feel a little bit better about not picking Dickerson from the first answer, right? Yes, yes. So that one's absolutely Eric Dickerson. You want to lock it in? Lock it in, final A to Z, yeah. Next question. Which running back had the most touchdowns in one season? John Riggins, Emmett Smith, Terrell Davis, or Terry Allen? I think it's either Terrell Davis. Terrell Davis in his that big season? In his 2,000-yard season? So this is the difference. It's just between these four because Ryan comes in with LaDainian Thomas. Yeah, right. But he's not a part of this. Nor is it Sean Alexander, right? Which running back had the most touchdowns in one season? Riggins, John Riggins, Emmitt Smith, Terrell Davis, or Terry Allen? Um, Let's see. uh, Somebody had a... Uh, Dustin says Emmett had 25. I I want to say it's Terrell Davis. Alex Doherty says they didn't call him TD for for nothing. I go. I think I, I think it's Davis too. You want to lock that in? Yeah. Finally, I'm, I'm kind of with Ed. Who the hell is Terry? <laughs> yeah. Right. You want to lock it in? Uh, I don't know. The chat thinks Emmett Smith. I kind of with. I'm kind of with Emmett Smith. You want to lock that in? Emmett Smith. Yeah. Finally, is he? All right. We digress. Number four. I think we'll get this because it just happened. Who tied the longest field goal record record held by Tom Dempsey at 63 yards? Jason, so this Eland. is why I said this is an older quiz because it's from the it's from the it's from the 1900s, right? Yes, 20th century. Yeah. Who tied the longest field goal record held by Tom Dempsey at 63 yards? Jason Elam, Steve Christie, Morton Anderson, or Brad Boyer? It's it's uh, Elam. Jason Mark, Elam. son of a Mark. It's it's not current. <laughs> oh. but because it said who tied the longest field goal record 
right? Yes, we all know that that just it, happened. It's Jason Elam. Yes. You want to lock that in? Final A to Z, Jason Elam. All right, number five. Which quarterback set the record for most career fumbles with 160? John Elway, Warren Moon, Dan Marino, or Brett Favre? Which quarterback set the record for most career fumbles with 160? Elway, Warren Moon, Dan Marino, or Brett Favre? So I know Favre has the most interceptions in a career. But again, what's the theme of this NFL records from the 20th century? So Brett Favre would have played eight years into the 21st century, which throws me off in this. Ooh, that's a good question. I think it's Favre, though. I think it's John Elway. Favre was more of an interception machine. He had a lot of fumbles. I think it's I think it's uh, Elway. I think it's Favre. But again, like I the the whole. I get what you're saying, but I think you're like fooling yourself. Well, no, I'm trying to follow the rules of the damn quiz. Like, what do you want me to do? And Warren Moon also played a lot in uh, the CFL. And so that hurts him. I think it's Favre. We got Favre or Moon. I think it's I think it's either Elway or Marino because those guys played for a long time in the NFL in the 20th century. Uh, we're, we're not getting a lot of Elways on the chat. I think it's Elway. Moons or El- I think it's Elway. You want to lock it in? You'll yeah. take this one. I think it's Favre. But okay, Elway, no. this is on me. John Elway, final A to Z. All right. Ran the ball a lot, too. That's Warm five up. questions. Okay. Hit me with six. What player set a career record for most sacks in the 90s? Bruce Smith, Reggie White, Mike Stockney, or Derek Thomas? Derek, Derek Thomas was a beast. Wait, but- say that. Read the question again. What player set a career record for most sacks in the 1990s? The career record? A career record. Doesn't make any sense because all of them could be their own career records in the 90s. Is it Reggie White? Because I don't think it's either Bruce Smith or Reggie White. Yeah, Bruce Smith did it deeper into the 2000s. Yeah, I think it's Reggie. Yeah, because Derek Thomas, I don't think, played long enough, unfortunately. So I'm going to say it's uh, uh, Reggie White. Finally, it is Reggie White. All right, you're locked. I mean, that's locked in. (laughs) Um, uh, uh, This is an easy one. What which team had the most consecutive games lost? The Buccaneers, the Oilers, the Cardinals, or the Saints? The Bucks, right? It's the Bucks. That is one thing I do know. Final A to Z. Final A to Z. I'll get that one. All right. Next question. Which quarterback set a record for most touchdowns in a season with 48? That Kurt is Warner, Dan, Dan Marino, Dan Brett Marino. Favre, Peyton Manning. That's Dan Marino. Final A to Z. Because uh, Peyton initially Peyton got fifty. 
Peyton initially broke Dan Marino's record with the Colts, and then they then Tom broke it, and then Peyton broke it with the Broncos. But Dan Marino initially had 48. Because this is 20th century. So Dan Marino? Final A to Z. Feel very good about that one. Okay. Question number nine. Brett Favre was sacked 525 times in his career. Prior to this record, who held the previous record? John Elway, Jim Kelly, Brett Favre, or Terry Bradshaw? Wait, what? Brett Favre is also an answer? Read that it again. Make sense. Brett Favre was sacked 525 times prior to his record. Who held the previous record? Well, it's got to be one of the three: John Elway, Jim Kelly, or Terry Bradshaw. Well, we know it's not Joe Theismann. Elway, Kelly, or Bradshaw. I don't think it's Bradshaw because they didn't throw enough. I want to say Jim Kelly because they did throw. But John Elway played longer than Jim Kelly. Yep. Elway is a good one, but I, I feel like we've already had an Elway answer in this quiz. I think you're wrong on that answer. <laughs> yeah, well, now because they bring up Brett Favre's career that was beyond the 20th century. Like, they're they're not following their own rules with this. What does the chat say? The chat says Kelly and or, and or Elway. So, and thank good, good thinking, Chris. Sacks weren't official stats uh, with Bradshaw was there. That's true. Um, I think it's Jim Kelly, Jim, Jim Kelly, because... He didn't didn't move as much as Elway. You want to go Jim Kelly? Yeah, final A to Z. Last question. <clears throat> which player had which player had played the most seasons with the same team? Jackie Slater, Jim Marshall, Bruce Matthews, or Dan Marino? Is this Bruce? Jackie Slater, I, I'm struggling with. So Dan Marino was the 84 draft, and he retired in which year? 94. It, no, 99. 99. Or 2000 with Marino. 2000? Uh, Bruce Matthews was, I want to say Bruce Matthews was the 86 draft and played until 2001. Marino was done in 99. So those, if I'm right on their draft years, which I feel more confident in Marino's draft year than I do Bruce Matthews draft year. I think it's Bruce Matthews. I think it's Bruce Matthews. All right. Final A to Z, Bruce That's Matthews. That's like kind of what he's known for. Yeah. Final A to Z? Yeah. Final A to Z. Now, what question is we're ready to submit. Oh, uh, that it. was 10. Okay. That's let's 10. do it. Let, let's do it. Let's whatever. See how it goes. Submitting the answers. Question one. Which of the following running backs was the first to reach 3,800 rushing attempts in a career? We answered Walter Payton. The correct answer. Walter Payton. All right. Good job. Good job, Zach. 
Next question. Which running back gained the most yards in one season? Our answer was Eric Dickerson. Oh, yeah. I did. I said Walter Payton. So I got mine. I so, did just I just gave you credit. I know. <laughs> I just, well, I just, it, it just registered. Which running back gained the most yards in one season? Our answer is Eric Dickerson. It's Eric Dickerson. All right. 2 0. Which running back had the most touchdowns in one season? Our answer was Emmett Smith, not Terrell Davis. The correct answer was Emmett Smith, not Terrell Davis. So we so got three that now. 25 touchdowns. TD only had 24. Shout out, Dustin. Nailed it. All right, so three now. Who tied the longest field goal record held by Tom Dency at 63? Correct answer, or our answer was the correct answer, Jason Elam. 4-0, good start. Which quarterback set the rest uh, the set the record for most career fumbles with 160? I can tell by Zach's facial expression it's going to be Brett Favre. Our answer was John Elway. The correct answer was Warren Moon. Ooh, wow. Okay. 4 and 1. Wow. Question number 6. What player set a career record for most sacks in the 1990s? Our correct an- our, our answer was Reggie White. Bruce Smith broke Reggie's record in 2003. So the correct answer is Reggie White. Okay, 5 and 1. Number 7. Which team had the most consecutive games lost? The correct answer is the Buccaneers. We all know that. Bucks, there you go, 26 games. So that's 6 and 1. Yes, six and one. Which quarterback set the most set the record for most touchdowns in a season with forty eight? Our answer was Dan Marino. The correct answer is Dan Marino. All right, so we're seven and one. I like it. These two are going to be really tough. I think we missed both these. Brett Favre was sacked five hundred twenty five times in his career. Prior to this record, who held the previous record? Our answer was Jim Kelly with 516 times between 83 and 98. Elway was the correct answer. Mm, Seven and two. I have a feeling we missed Bruce Smith. Uh, I'm sorry, Bruce Matthews. Which player had played the most seasons with the same team? Our answer was Bruce Matthews. The correct answer, Jackie Slater. Yeah, seven and three. 20 years with the Rams. Yeah, we uh, we got off to a great start again and then fizzled to seven and three. I do think I like this new style, though. It's different. Yeah, I, I think I I think I uh, have picked up on something. What? I'm not going to say because I'm going to use next week to see if it comes true. Well, w- the one thing we got to finish better. No, yeah, we have to absolutely finish better. So, um, so yeah, so seven and three. So we are now 14 out of in six in our first 20 questions. The average score to this quiz was six out of ten. So we did better than average. Yeah. But well, we not also had a average. lot. Yes. Yes. So all right. 
Pretty good. Uh, Danny says one day, I swear we'll hit 75%. These are tough though. I, th- this is a fun challenge. Uh, for sure. Dom said, bro, I legit missed every question. I don't think y'all should use my help no more. <laughs> All right, guys. Hope you have a great rest of your Tuesday. Uh, glad Facebook is back. So hit up all of our content, uh, a to z sports.com, a to z sports national.com. Buck Rising will be back uh, tonight for a to z sports primetime after his travel day was hysterical and hilarious yesterday. Zach, I don't know if you followed up on uh, or saw what happened with Buck's travel. Yeah, so, Buck, so Buck was in New I'll just go through it real quick because it's funny. Buck was obviously covering the Jets Titans game in New York. So he did his radio show and his plan was to leave New York and he was going to be home in time to do A to Z prime time from home last night. So he's using this new hopper app that it was suggested to him to save some money here and there. So he went from New York to Miami, then got delayed in Miami. Never go to Miami. You always get delayed. I've spent 48 hours sleeping in the Miami international airport. Never go to Miami. It is hell on wheels. So he went to Miami his flight got delayed initially to where he was not going to be home until 10.45. Then they board the plane. Then he texted me and said, a catering truck is stuck underneath the plane. <laughs> and so they had to deboard the plane that was already delayed several hours. And then he had to go. I don't even know. I haven't talked to him. The last time I talked to him, he was deboarding the plane at like at like uh, 8.30 or 8.45. And I don't even know what happened. And then he also said the power was out uh, at his house in Nashville. And his girlfriend was having to make sure the cats had food and water without any power. And they were trying to figure that stuff out. So Buck had a day yesterday. Well, uh, I'm sure he'll talk about it at some point. Uh, but he had to do A to Z Sports primetime from the Miami airport terminal uh, wearing a mask <laughs> and pull that off because you have to wear a mask in an airport. But it was uh, it was Unless funny. you have a bottle of water in your hands, then you don't have to wear a mask. Yeah, but he also said that he was like talking about the Jets and the Titans and Mike Vrabel in the middle of the Miami airport. Zero context with people just around him wondering, what is this crazy guy doing talking to his computer about two random teams in Miami. It was very, very funny. Very funny. But uh, all right, guys, hope you enjoy the rest of your Tuesday. We'll be back Wednesday morning for throwing shade. We'll see you then. Appreciate it. Adios.